Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who spent basically all day yesterday building his new computer, Brandon Siegel. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. You know what? I uh, I did. I built a gaming PC yesterday uh, for the first time. I've never built a computer. It took a very long time, but I'm super happy with the product that came out. I didn't mess up at all. So, you know, I didn't lose money because they could have been bad. If you mess up doing stuff like that, it could be really, really bad. But it, it turned out really, really great. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm really, really happy about it. And it'll be fun. So, you know, everyone stay tuned because I'm going to start streaming. So if you want to see me stream some games and yell at Trevor and Among Us, you might want to tune into those. But that's that's for another day. Of course, as always, we have the third contributor of this podcast. Some people love him. Some people hate him. You know, you guys pick where you are in that spectrum. But it's, of course, Ben O'Brien. Ben, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Brandon, I have a question for you. How how long do you think it would have taken me to build that computer? You said it took you a while. With the with the expansive knowledge yeah. that I have on computers, how long do you think it would have taken me to uh, complete a computer like the one that you yeah, did? Yeah. So for reference, uh, I, I have a, a friend that I talked to online who said it took him four hours. It took me to actually build it, like six, six and a half, and then to download stuff. I'm still doing that. Uh, ben, you know nothing about computers. So for the viewers at home, Ben knows literally nothing about computers. I would say everything Ben knows right now, he either learned from a class or learned from me. Would that be correct? Yeah, that's extremely accurate. Yes. So I would say you would still be working on it right now. I, I mean, he would need There's he no would need your help. And if he didn't get your help, he would probably never figure it out. Honestly, I'd probably yeah, just honestly, give up. Hon- wait. I was about to say, Ben, you'd work on it for an hour, and you'd get nowhere, and then you'd just give up. You'd be done. Yeah, no, you're right. I'd be like, this isn't even worth it. I don't even want this computer anymore. Just hundreds of dollars of parts down the drain. You're just like, it's not yeah. even worth me getting angry over it. Yeah, you're totally right. I completely agree. <laughs> um, but we have a fun episode planned for you today, um, so let's let's get kind of you know right into it. We have the college football playoff coming up here. Uh, we have some teams that have played 10 games and some playing only five. Um, and there's a lot of controversy with Ohio State, who has only played five games. They're 5-0. and They've had a lot of games canceled due to COVID. Then we have teams like Alabama, who's played 10. Notre Dame's played, or Alabama's played 9. Notre Dame's played 10. Um, so, Trevor, I'm going to throw it to you. Talk to me about Ohio State. Do you think they're deserving of being in? Uh, we've had some shade from other teams. We, we saw uh, Dan Mullen, Florida's head coach, say, you know, teams have been rewarded for not playing, uh, which I don't fully understand because no team has been rewarded yet for that. Um and his team has lost a couple games, but that's besides the point. Trevor, what do you think about this? Yeah, so for, first off, yeah, I would just say that, yes, I do think Ohio State deserves to be in the college football playoff because, I mean, when you watch these teams, it's not like I've been watching all these teams a, a ton, but, uh, <laughs> you know, Ohio State's got to be one of the best four teams. I mean, I just don't see how you can you can watch them and when they play, like, Penn State and Indiana. I know, like, some, those games were kind of close, and, yeah, like, you could say, well, like Indiana almost, you know, they, they made it close and, you know, maybe Ohio State isn't, maybe they're not quite as good as they have been in years past, but I still think they're really good. I mean, they're they're undefeated. They've beaten some good Big Ten teams. The Big Ten's one of the best conferences, uh, at, at least probably second best because, you know, the SEC probably is the best. I know earlier I said I thought maybe the Big Ten was the best, but I don't think that's true. I, I think it is the SEC, but... Nevertheless, the Big Ten's a very good conference. They're undefeated in it. Uh, I mean, beyond that, it's it's really hard to make an argument for them not making it. Um, you know, there's not really any team that stands out that you can say, uh, like, you would put this team over them. Like, I, I wouldn't put, like, Cincinnati also is undefeated, 
but you know we know by their schedule that they haven't played the same caliber of teams that Ohio State has. So I don't think you could say that Cincinnati should go ahead of them. And then you look at some of these other teams who have a loss or a couple losses, like an A&M. I mean, Florida just lost again last night, so now they really don't have a chance. Um, Iowa State, who has two losses. Like, there's just really no way, I think, to, to say that Ohio State doesn't deserve to be in the college football playoff at this stage. Um, so he, here's the thing. I, I think there's a lot of upset teams about Ohio State. We have had previous years where we've said if we're going off records or going off championships uh, in terms of you know conference championships, then Team X shouldn't be in there. You know whether it was the two SEC teams you know we've had in previous years or you know there was the year that uh, uh, UCF won all their games and we had TCU make it one year. So you know I, I think if we look, I want the best four teams in there. If that needs to be four SEC teams, then so be it. If that needs to be zero SEC teams, then so be it. Ohio State is one of the best four teams. I'm a Michigan fan. I don't even want to be talking about this. Okay, But if, if, if we're looking off of the best teams in college football, to me it is pretty clear that Ohio State is one of those four teams. You know, and I what I hope is that Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Clemson are all in whatever order you want to put them in. I hope those are the four teams because I think those are the best four teams. So in in my opinion, Ohio State's one of the best teams. We we got to put them in there. I I mean, there's a lot of upset people. Dan Mullen said a ridiculous comment about how some teams are being rewarded for not playing as much. No one's rewarded Ohio State for anything yet. They aren't even in. I mean, it's it's not like they've announced Ohio State is in. Just because the rankings say they're in at the moment, that doesn't mean anything. I mean, who cares? Uh, you know, they they're gonna they're gonna you know make their rankings at the end. It's you know we're not done yet here. Uh, Florida's lost two games. So I don't really want to hear from him, and they just lost at home to LSU, a team that is unranked. So I I'm just not you know impressed with Florida in that sense. To me, I I just don't see how Ohio State doesn't make it. Ben, do do you share this? Uh, I, I'd imagine you share the same opinion. But what do you think? Yeah, no, I completely agree. I, I think if the goal here and the goal always should be is to get the four best teams, I think regardless of the fact that Ohio State's played half as many games as Notre Dame, I think they're one of the four best teams. I think the small sample size that we have, they've proven that they're a good team. They're a quality member of a potential college football playoff. And you hear a lot of these people, they're saying it's not fair, it's not fair, they're making special exceptions for Ohio State. And what I'll say to that is, we knew going in, we said this going in, this year is not going to be fair. All right, This is not normal. This We've never experienced anything like this before. There's going to be some things, some decisions that are made that people aren't going to like because we knew this was going to happen where some teams are going to be playing more than others. Some teams will have more opportunities than others. Okay, This season's just not fair. All right, You just have to wrap your head around the fact that it's not fair. It's not fair that, why is it fair that Notre Dame's played 10 games and, um, for example, some MAC teams have played four or five games? That's not fair. It's not fair that some teams have played more games than others, all right? It's just part of this year. So with that being said, again, if the whole point is to get the four best teams, Ohio State is one of those four teams, okay? Regardless of the fact that they've only played five games, um, hopefully, knock on wood, they'll be able to play a sixth game in a Big Ten championship. Um, but, I mean, it's just it is, it's just as simple as that. They're, they're deserving of being in that spot because they've looked like a, a playoff team. And honestly, if I'm being honest, like, if Ohio State's not in there, I don't really know who who would deserve to be in there over Ohio State. Like I, I really don't even still don't have a whole lot of faith in Texas A&M. Florida, like Trevor said, just lost. Um, Iowa State's at seven. I I think they're extremely overranked there. I don't think they're the seventh best team in the country. Um, I've said my opinion about Cincinnati. I think they're good, but I don't think they're a top four team in the country. So I really don't. If you're going to take Ohio State out, I don't really know who is more deserving than Ohio State at this point, regardless of the fact that Ohio State's only played five games. So again, if Ohio, I mean Ohio State's 
they, they've looked like a top four team. I, I think number four is the, is is an extremely accurate spot for them. They're, I don't think they're better than Alabama, Notre Dame, or Clemson based on this season, but I definitely think that they're deserving of a, of a top four seed um, in this college football playoff, in this crazy college football season. Yeah, and I mean, it really has been just an insane season. We had to have expected, just like you said, that there needs to be some expectations that were set at the beginning of the season, and they were. No, no one said that this was going to be a perfect year. Um, you know, in terms of, you know, teams playing games and stuff like that. So I think, you know, putting in perspective, if, if Ohio State's one of the best four teams at the end of the year, they should deserve to go in. It doesn't matter if they played 10 games or five games. If they're one of the best four teams, let's put them in there and have them compete against the other three. But let's move on. We really only had that for Small Talk today, so we'll head over to Small Talk Trivia. Um, I do not know what the score is. Trevor, do you know what the score is? It's 38-33. to 33. You have extended the lead. You know, I was down by like four at a point in time, wasn't I? Yeah, and then I gave yeah, those you are the good old and, days too. And then I think I gave you like the question that helped you catch up a little bit. But you know, it's all good. It's all good. I got to work my way back into this. We had a nice little nine point swing here. So you know, Trevor, I'll start off today with my question. I'm I'm going nice and easy today. Sometimes I have some complex questions. Ben offers a lot of great questions to me. Today's going to be super, super, super straightforward. And I'll even <clears throat> offer you two points for it. I'm doing this on the fly. I didn't even think of this second part till right now. What player holds the record for most career blocks? And if you get within, if you get within a hundred of the number they have, I will give you an extra point. Okay, so most career blocks in NBA history, okay, of all time. So I got to think of the player with the most blocks in NBA history, and if I get within a hundred, then you'll give me two points. Okay, so. Yeah. Is that fair, Ben? Is 100 fair within 100? Yeah, because I would assume it's probably in the thousands, so um, I think 100's fair. Okay. Okay, so um, blocks didn't start getting recorded until, I believe, the 70s. So that you know that gives me a, a timeline to work with. It cuts off yeah. at least um, some I, of the I actually uh, would like time. to make a comment on that. This What I'm looking at, it says blocks since 1973-74. Okay. So just to put yep. that in perspective, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So 73, 74, I knew it was around that time. So yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so now thinking about the players that have recorded the most blocks, obviously you have, you know, players like, I mean, I mean, since they weren't recorded, Russell's not going to, Bill Russell's not going to be the answer here. He had, he, he had a ton of blocks. You know, it, it's hard to say how many, but he had a lot. Um, but he's not going to be the answer here, obviously. Because uh, he stopped playing before then. So we have players like Hakeem Olajuwon, historically very good rim protector, uh, great at blocking shots. That's one option. We have Kareem. I mean, he was he was more of an offensive dominant. He, he still could play defense. He was still a good defender for sure. But maybe not quite as good as Hakeem. Um, but, but, you know, he played a lot of years, so maybe he could be in there, even though the first three years of his career would have been cut off since it was 73-74. Uh, you have David Robinson, very good blocking shots. You have Tim Duncan, not bad. Uh, let me see, who else? Most blocks. Who is standing out in my mind that could have had the most blocks? I mean, I think Hakeem is a great option. I think that one's like kind of standing out in my mind. David Robinson. It, it's going to be a big man, so I got to think about like some of the best like centers and power forwards. It's not going to be a guard, obviously. 
So Hakeem, Tim Duncan. Wait, are you telling me that I couldn't read the the league for one season in blocks if I played? Um, it would it would be it would be highly unlikely. Maybe you could do it in a dream of yours. Maybe if you're dreaming at night, ben maybe it's possible. Can I lead the league in blocks? That is extremely uh, improbable, I will say. All yeah, right. you guys are shutting down my Not dreams, impossible, but it's okay. But Continue, Trevor. <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, Hakeem Olajuwon, David Robinson, Tim Duncan, Kareem. All great options, um, but I have to pick an answer here. So, uh, you could even say like Shaq, I guess. Think about players who played a long time. Shaq played a long time. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with my gut here, and I'm going to say uh, that the answer is... Ah, oh, man. <laughs> this honestly like isn't super easy. It's actually like kind of difficult um but i'm gonna go with my gut and i'm gonna say that it's i'm gonna say that it's oh man i don't know i'm between hakeem and hakeem olajuwon and kareem abdul jabbar it's one of them too all right well i, I okay I, I pick someone okay i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna go with my gut i'm gonna say okay. that it's kareem abdul jabbar that's my that's my answer all right and can you get that yeah guess the number Okay, the number. So he probably averaged around two to two and a half blocks a game, and he played 20 seasons, 82 games. Um, wow. So I'm guessing the— Pull the, out that calculator. The total number of blocks. Am I allowed to? <laughs> Am I allowed to use a calculator? Uh, if your head can do it. Um, if your head can do it. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, man. I'm gonna go with uh, you know what? I'm just gonna go right on the dot. I'm gonna say, yeah, within a hundred is gonna be tough. I'm gonna say three thousand blocks. Okay, so Kareem Abdul-Jabbar had three thousand one hundred eighty-nine blocks. Wow. Uh, which is a lot of blocks. Uh, but he's only number three on the list. Oh, okay. Number two is Dikembe Mutombo, three thousand two hundred eighty-nine. And number one, you wanna give another guess? Who do you think number one is? It was it Hakeem. Hakeem Olajuwon oh with 3,830. Gosh. What's interesting is if you look at your math there, let's say you did two and a half blocks. Or let's say you did two blocks, okay? And there's 82 games in the year, so let's just round that to 80. That's 160 blocks in a year times 20 seasons um, would be 3,600 blocks or something around there, 3,800, somewhere around there. So you would have been pretty close on if you did that math in your head. Um, so honestly, pretty impressed with your, um, your, your work there. I'm However, upset I, I got that wrong for today. I'm upset I got that wrong. I thought you were going to get it right. I thought you Dang. would get it. Okay. All right. What is your question for me today? Okay. So I got to give a... I'm expanding my lead. Got to give a little shout out to a certain NFL team because neither of you are going to do it. It's the Cleveland Browns. They've been playing oh. very well, uh, particularly last week. Last week was the first week where I truly sat down and watched like a full, complete Cleveland Browns game. I watched essentially the whole game. And yes... The Titans, they, they made a run at the end. They almost came back. I get it. But nevertheless, what I saw from them was different than any other uh, you know time they played this season. They played very well, scored 42 yeah. points. It was crazy. Um, obviously, the coaching, we know how good it is. Um, but even beyond that, I thought like Baker played well, even though you know none of us really think he's a great quarterback. He played well. The offense played well. So, yeah, this question does revolve around the Cleveland Browns. They're currently 9-3, and three, and the question is, um, when is the last time that the Cleveland Browns won 10 games? So the answer 
is going to be a season, a year. Okay, so if you get, you know, if so, so the answer here I'm, I'm looking for is the year when the Cleveland Browns won at least ten games the last time they did, it. and they were ten and six this season. So that is the question. So, I, uh, you know, I feel bad you asked this question, Trevor. I feel bad you did, because uh, I have a lot of Browns fans friends, and they have told me the answer, so I know the answer. But I'm going to go with you on a little story here because I want to talk about the Browns for a second uh, before I give my answer because I do know the answer. Um, I, I want to specifically talk to two of my buddies, Aaron and Chad. I have been trashing the Browns the whole year. And honestly, I think it was rightfully so. They did not have one convincing game against horrible, horrible teams, and they play with these terrible teams. And I still don't think Baker Mayfield's good at all. He's, he's not a good quarterback. However, I think the Browns played a lot better, and I'm much more impressed with them. And honestly, I don't know if my Ravens are going to win. Uh... You know, on Monday night, uh, whenever you guys listen to this, hopefully they have won, um, so the Browns fans can calm down a little bit. But the Ravens haven't looked good this year, so I got to hand it to the Browns. Uh, you know, Nick Chubb looks great, uh, Kareem Hunt's great. They got a great running attack. They have a good O line. A lot of issues on defense. They're they're not going to be able to compete with really any teams that are like really really good for sure. They're not at that level. But credit to the Browns fans. You know, they don't need to be at that level right now. So the answer is 2007. That was the last time they went 10 and six and they finished second. I believe. Yeah, that's that. that yeah. yeah, that answer is obviously correct. And I, I just think like, just, you know, just with the Browns, like it's, it's really something special for this franchise in particular, because I mean, let's face it, mm-hmm. like they have been bad for so long. So I just wanted to point that out. Um, Browns fans, you should celebrate yeah. this because, you know, y- you have to celebrate, even if it's like a small victory, just making the playoffs, which it seems now pretty clear that they're going to do. At nine and three, it, it um, seems pretty likely. Pretty likely. I, I will say they they have some difficult games. They got to play the Steelers at the end of the year, which now I think the Steelers are going to want to play in that game. Yeah, the Steelers losing was probably not the best for the Browns because now they 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 if the Chiefs win out and they win out, they're going to play that last game, the Steelers, because they're going to want to get that first that's, round. That's that's true. So mm-hmm. yeah, so I I actually think the Steelers losing was not a good. Thing for the Browns. I think it's relatively. Um, I think it's relatively safe to say that they're probably making. If they beat the Ravens, certainly I think that'll clinch it. Basically, essentially. Yeah, no. If they beat the, the Ravens, because the would... Jets is a guaranteed win, so they they yeah, have a lot. I'd find it pretty hard that the Browns won't make it at that point if they if they win this next game, which is very plausible. It's it's possible to happen, but let's move on today um, to everyone's favorite segment: randomly ranked. Um, and this one, we're doing another sports one, okay? Um, you know, we try not to do sports and randomly ranked, but, you know, Trevor, I believe it was Trevor thought of a really good one, so we're going to do it. Um, and today what we are going to do is we are going to talk about our top three favorite games we watched on TV. So not ones we were at, ones that we watched on TV. Um, so Trevor, I'm going to let you go first today on your top three favorite games you've watched. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to start this off. I have so many good ones, but I'm going to start it off with number three. I went with, it wasn't like a single game. It was kind of like a, a moment, and it was the tournament run of the West Virginia Mountaineers basketball team in 2010 when they went all the way to the Final Four, and then the Elite Eight, they actually upset the one-seeded Kentucky Wildcats who had John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins. They also had, I believe, Eric Bledsoe on that team, uh, DeAndre Liggins, you know, some other like really talented players at the time, so even if some of them maybe didn't pan out. But we know, obviously, John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins 
um, were extremely talented, two of the best players in college basketball that year. And West Virginia upset them. Um, you know, also with my favorite college basketball player of all time, Deshaun Butler, um, who had some game winners in the Big East tournament uh, leading up to that. But that was a fantastic moment. Number two, I I went with, um, you know, and it, it was tough to pick uh, between which one I would put number one and which one I put number two. I did end up putting the Patriots Seahawks Super Bowl at number two. Now, it, you know, for me, it, it was tough. To, <laughs> I'm, I'm not even. No, nah, I'm not even going to go into this. But this one to me was definitely the the best Patriots Super Bowl that I saw because for me that was the moment where Tom Brady became the greatest player of all time, um, or at least the greatest quarterback of all time. Player, we can you know it. it you can't really compare. So we'll just say quarterback uh, for the sake of this. The comeback was awesome. 14 straight points in uh, the fourth quarter, and obviously we know uh, the goal line thing, not giving it to Marshawn Lynch. We know what happened there, so that was great. And number one, I I went with um, the t- 2006 NBA Finals when the Heat beat the Mavericks. Now this one, I don't remember quite as well. It's My memory's a little foggy, but I definitely did watch all of these games. Um, and obviously Dwayne Wade, my favorite you know athlete of all time, was insane, averaging about 35 points in this game, uh, bringing them back from down 0-2. So that is my number one moment. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, I have so many others, but these are the three I came up with. Um, so a lot of good ones there. Here, here are my top three favorite moments I've watched on television. Uh, number three is the Michigan Under the Lights game from 2011 versus Notre Dame. It's the first game they played at the Big House Under the Lights. Uh, Michigan won 35 to 31. The game was absolutely insane. I remember watching it at my best friend Jared Freeman's house. And shout out to Jared if he's uh, listening, which I highly doubt he is, but maybe he is. Uh, we had a ton of us over there. That game was amazing. I loved watching it, um, and uh, you know it, it was just—I mean—such a competitive and great game. Number two is probably my—I would say—is probably my second favorite sports moment of all time. It's when the Cavs won June 19th, 2016. Uh, they beat the Golden State Warriors, came back from that 3-1, you know, infamous lead uh, and won. LeBron won a championship for Cleveland. It was awesome. I was downtown in the queue when it happened. I watched it on the big screen there, and then it was crazy being downtown after that. I, I saw so many friends. It's like in the middle of the street randomly. There's people on fire trucks. It was crazy. And then number one, this is this should be. Do you guys know my number one? This should be an obvious one. At, th- at this I point, can't. I do because you picked the Cavs number two. So, yeah, now I do. Ben, I, I'm, I don't know. I can't. I can't think of it. I'm not sure. <laughs> All right. Well, this is the greatest day in my entire life. Is February third, twenty thirteen, when the Baltimore Ravens oh, beat the San Francisco Forty yeah. Nineers, thirty four to thirty one in the Super Bowl. Ugh. Um, you know, we got Joe Flacco, his MVP award, which he was fabulous in that playoff run. Um, and you know, it was uh, it was uh, Ray Lewis's last year. Um, you know, the best middle linebacker of all time, best line, the best one of the best players of all time. Um, I don't care what you guys say. He's one of the best players of all time. Uh, the Ravens were 10-6 that year, and they beat the 1-2 and 3 seed. They beat everyone that year. Um, so they really, really had a great run to the Super Bowl. Um, and, you know, it's my favorite game of all time. Ben? I'm going to be honest, Brandon. I, I didn't think of that because, you know, in my memory, I don't have a whole lot of Super Bowl championships to think of in my uh, in my short lifetime because, you know, none of my uh, my, my, my Bengals aren't very – aren't very familiar with Super Bowl championships. So that's why that's why I was blanking on yours a little bit because I wasn't thinking yeah, Super Bowl. They aren't Bowl. really familiar with uh, playoff wins either, or appearances for that matter. 
I mean, I mean, they went to five playoffs in a row, so I, I wouldn't say that. But yeah, no, how many how many times did they win in the playoffs? Uh, since 1990, uh, zero. But that's not the point. That's not the point. Mm, yeah, uh, that's yeah, not the point. So I'll start with with my uh, my top three. My number three is a game that I've actually talked about a lot because it it really uh, it started my love for this particular person. And it was Joe Burrow's high school state championship game in 2014. He was a senior in high school. Um, I had never heard of him. I watched the game. It was the first game of like the weekend of of state championships, uh, football games for for Ohio. I always loved watching the high school state championship games. It's just really, really good football. Really fun to watch these high school kids play for a state championship. So they were the first game. It was a Thursday night. Uh, they were playing Toledo Central Catholic, and they were, there was this kid, Joe Burrow. I'd never heard of him. He was committed to Ohio State, whatever, Mr. Football. I was like, all right, he must be pretty good. Um, he threw for 446 yards and six touchdowns in that game. Uh, they ended up, actually ended up losing the game 56-52, to 52, but it was probably the best high school football game I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, it actually featured two Ohio Mr. Football winners there. Joe Burrow won that year, and two years later, um, from Toledo Central Catholic, Michael Warren won. He was a running back for Toledo Central Catholic. He played at Cincinnati. Now he's in the NFL, I think. So it had a lot of star power. Just a really good game, back and forth. I remember, I mean... I think four or five times I was like, this team's going to win, and then the next team would score, and oh, this team's going to win. It, I mean, it had like it had like 12 lead, cha- lead changes in that game or something crazy. Just a phenomenal game. I remember saying that, that Joe Burrow kid, he's a stud. Um, I really, really like him, and obviously ever since then I've, I've liked him even more, and then it, it worked out to where now he's on my, he's on my favorite football team. So um, it was just an awesome game. It was really fun to watch. My number two um, is 2010. Jay Bruce hits a walk-off home run on the first pitch of the ninth inning to clinch the Reds, uh, to clinch the division for the Reds. They won the NL Central that year. Probably the best Reds team uh, in my lifetime. They lost in the first round of the playoffs, as most Cincinnati teams do, but it was still a really good Reds team. It was cool. The first pitch of the ninth inning, 2-2 game, he hits a walk-off home run to clinch the, uh, to clinch the division for the Reds uh, to put them in the playoffs. And then my number one, it's not a game. It's a series of games. It's the 2014 NCAA uh, basketball tournament. Dayton Flyers, an 11 seed. They win their first game on a buzzer beater. I guess it was like five seconds left. V. Sanford hits a shot. Then Aaron Kraft comes down, misses uh, misses the shot. His career's over. Dayton advances, beat Ohio State. Then they beat Syracuse, and that Syracuse team, if you remember, won like they started like 25-0 and that year or something crazy. They were really good. Um, they beat them on um, a last-second shot. And then they end up beating Stanford, who was the 10 seed uh, in that game. So Dayton made the Elite Eight. Um, it was just really cool, really cool moment for, I mean, both my parents went to Dayton. I grew up my whole life. My dad's had season tickets for over 20 years. It's just a really cool moment to see a team like that go to an Elite Eight. I would love to see uh, our Falcons make a tournament run like that because it really is, it's just, it's basically just a big commercial for that school, right? You get all this attention. Um, I remember seeing a video how Dayton had like almost 200 million impressions on social media during that run. It's basically just a big commercial for that school. So it did a lot of really good things for the University of Dayton. Um, and I can't help to think how awesome that would be and how excited we would us three would be if Bowling Green was able to make a run like that uh, in an NCAA tournament. Um, it would only do good things for the school, only do good things for the athletic department. So maybe someday that'll come. Maybe I'm foreshadowing here, and that's why I, I had to put this tournament run at, at my number one sports memory. Hey, you're speaking it to an existence, and it's going to happen one of these days. It, it'll happen. We, we've got some good teams, maybe even this year. Who knows? Um, all right, next up, let's get to our main topics for today. Uh, first up, we got some college basketball, which I'm going to throw it over to Trevor. We had Illinois versus Duke this week. Uh, Illinois won 83 to 68. Uh, so big beatdown on the ACC from the Big Ten. We're actually going to go over another Big Ten ACC game. Um, is is Illinois for real? Is Illinois really like that great? 
Um, so I think Illinois is, is good. I don't know if I would be quite as high on them as other people are. I think like they started out the year, they, they had a scare against OU. It's like, okay, like they're almost losing to, you know, a good, a good major team. But I mean, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think but OU. shout out to podcast alum Noah Bearson. Yeah. Yeah. Right yeah. There. Shout, shout out to him. Noah. But I, Cause he's the best. Yeah. And, but I think even still though, I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily, that great that, that Illinois is almost losing to, to OU in that game. So I was like, okay, you know, they ended up winning it. So that's all that really matters at the end of the day. But let's let's see them in future games. I watched them against Baylor. They looked very good for a while. And then Baylor kind of went on this run and ended up winning by double digits. But Baylor is one of the best two teams in college basketball. So losing to them isn't, you know, it's not that bad. Now, they beat Duke in this game, and since we have seen that they also just lost to Missouri yesterday, so Missouri's also a good team, but I think it's, I just don't think I'm quite as high on them as other people. I, I still think they're probably, you know, uh, maybe not a top 10 team, but they're probably, like, pretty close. Like, they're probably somewhere in the teens. I still think they're really good. And they're also really fun to watch, as I mentioned before when I talked about the Baylor game, just because they have, you know, a really good uh, backcourt, you know, and obviously having a great backcourt uh, with, with some leadership is very important in college basketball. And Io DeSumo, I mean, he's one of the best guards in, in college basketball, so that's huge. Um, but I, I think it's more, for me, at least this game, is more about how, how bad Duke looks right now. I mean... I watched them play Michigan State a couple weeks ago, and they also didn't look very good in that game. It really just seems like they don't really have an identity right now. You know, like, you know, they got Matthew Hurt, who is now a sophomore, and you could argue maybe he's their best player, but I don't know if you want... Like, Matthew Hurt's a really solid player, but I don't really know if you want him to be your best player. If you're trying to win a championship, I don't know if he's quite good enough for that. Jalen Johnson has has been really solid as a freshman. I think he's probably uh, maybe the best pro prospect they have. But beyond that, it's kind of like, okay, Wendell Moore, he's shown flashes in the past, but he's been pretty absent lately. He hasn't really done a lot. He hasn't you know, had very good games. You have, like, DJ Stewart and, you know, uh, Breakfield. Like, they have these guards that are decent. They're not, like, top-tier, you know, players coming out of high school, but they were good, you know. They were, like, somewhere in the 20s, 30s, 40s recruiting rankings-wise, I think. So the team has a lot of talent, as it, as it always does. But I think it's, you know, just the case of they don't really have an identity. They don't really know what they are yet. And it's going to take a while to figure it out. And I'm not sure if they will figure it out by the end of the year. But right now, they look pretty bad. Um, I don't even think they deserve to be ranked in the top 25 right now, to be honest. Um, and, and yeah, that's that's about all I have to say about Duke. I, we, we have a good transition here, unless either of you have uh, other things to say about this game. Do it. Send it, send it, Trevor. Okay, so after this game, we got a couple, a day or two later, we got Coach K announcing that uh, Duke is not going to play any more non-conference games. So Duke is done in non-conference. They are going to come back to play conference games, um, which, okay. Um, so now, obviously, this got a lot of reactions from not only like the media, not only fans, but also uh, other coaches. And one of those coaches is Nate Oates who formerly coached at Buffalo, um, you know, got, got to point out real quick, the team that we beat, you know, because we eat oats for breakfast uh, when, when, when it comes to being at the Stro. Yeah, no uh, big deal. Two, you know, two Januarys ago, or whenever that game was, or February, I don't know if it was January or February, but regardless, 
Um, Nate Oates, you know, he kind of like took a subtle shot at Coach K um, in saying that, you know, do you think Coach K would be saying this if uh, he hadn't lost those two games early in the year? And he didn't he didn't actually like say it. He let the reporter uh, say it. <laughs> but he basically was saying like that he doesn't think that Coach K actually believes this, which, you know, I don't know. Coach K had been like putting out other statements in, in the pat in the past, like saying like, well, maybe there's other solutions we can come up with. Uh, you know, it, he hinted at before that I don't know how good of an idea it is. I think he also came with the, with the idea of like, you know, what, let's just let everyone in the NCAA tournament, which is pretty crazy, and I don't know how that would solve anything. But I think Coach K also said that. Um, so Coach K has had some ideas. It seems like he is definitely aware of like player safety, and he's trying to like. And I think he does truly care about it, but he also has been kind of inconsistent. And it's like, okay, you're not going to play your non-conference games, um, right? But also, like, they play Notre Dame, like, next weekend. So, who is, you know, is a conference game. So, okay, they, they didn't play, like, their two conference non-conference games or one non-conference game. Um, and now they're going to come back and play Notre Dame. And he also said, yeah, I'm going to send my, my kids home for Christmas break. But, uh, you know, <laughs> but then they got to come back to play Pitt on the 29th. So, I, I don't know. I think there's some inconsistencies here. I don't love it from Coach K. Um, I thought, as far as the Nate Oates side of it, I thought it was just entertaining, honestly. Like, I don't, I don't agree with everything he said. I think uh, he was right to point out that Coach K had been a little inconsistent. And he also made the point of, like, you know, some of these coaches wearing, like, the mask is like a chin strap, which Coach K is one of those coaches that does do that. I've seen multiple times during games. He, he has it on his chin, like, a lot. Um, so Nate Oates is also correct in that. However, I think Nate Oates also, like, said some other things that I also don't agree with. So it's interesting. It's entertaining. Um, it gives us, you know, things to talk about. So from that sense, I like it. Um, but I don't know if Coach K really is uh, – you know, coming up with the best uh, solution here. I, I think he's trying to, but I don't really think it is. Yeah, I, I think, you know, part of it might be that he's just frustrated about these games and they're not quite as good as they were anticipated to be. Uh, ben, do, do you have any final thoughts before we move on to one more college game? Yeah, I just I think the timing of Coach K's statements is, is interesting. Obviously, he's been somewhat outspoken, but it seems like now he's extremely outspoken about this after they've struggled in the non-con schedule. Um, I agree with Trevor. It's kind of just, it's kind of like, you know, just comedic to, to hear what Nate Oates had to say. Um, I think it's lame. Nate Oates apologized actually like the yesterday or something. I don't like that. I want bad blood. I don't want this political <laughs> correctness. Nate Oates, I get it. You have to, you have to, you can't look like the bad guy here because you know, we want people to play for you, but no. Ben wants parody. I want parody. I want Nate Oates to say, no, coach K, I disagree with you. You're wrong. Here's why I want parody. I think it's more entertaining. Ben Ben wants DeZone to announce the Oates uh, Shashevsky uh, boxing match. I would love to see that, but I mean, I mean, like obviously Coach K, like he, he knows what he's doing. He's a smart dude. He's done a lot for college basketball, so I'm not gonna go against everything that he said just because. I mean, obviously he knows way more than I do. So um, yeah, I mean it's it's entertaining. It was it was an interesting story. I wouldn't look too much into. It. I don't think it's uh I don't think it's a huge story that needs all these these massive headlines or anything like that. Right, right, right. All right, let's go to our final college game we want to talk about. We had Iowa versus uh, UNC, 93-80. to 80. Iowa picked it up. Luca Garza is, I mean, an absolute animal. Um, he had 16 points, 14 rebounds, and two assists. Uh, it seems like, I mean, they had four guys above 16 points 
uh, on that team. So, Trevor, I'm throwing it back to you again. Is this team for real? Um, I think they are. And um, I don't know if I would have said that at the beginning of the season. I was like, okay, Iowa, they're like ranked in the top 10 preseason. I'm not sure if I buy the hype, but I think it's – and it's one it's one solid game because this is the first good team they played, right? North Carolina is the first good team that Iowa's really played. So, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm overreacting a little bit. But what I saw in this game – was really was really just awesome from not only Luca Garza but a lot of their other starters and role players. Uh, they they have some talented freshmen. Like just overall, it seems like this can be a team that that could make a run in the NCAA tournament and could you know really potentially be a national championship team. Um, now, bef- before I watched this game, I was like, okay, you know, with Iowa, it's like all right, they have Luca Garza, and then beyond that, it's like all right, they got some decent shooters. But they don't really have like a second guy that really stands out. But I don't know if they need a second guy that stands out because I think collectively as a unit, I think they have like four other guys that are really solid. Um, you know, you have like Wise Camp, who you know in this game shot five of seven from three. He was seven twelve overall, had nineteen points, nine rebounds. Just really great player for Iowa. He's a junior, you know, so they got they got experience. Obviously, you know, they got uh, Bohannon, who's been there for a few years. Um, so Iowa has some really good options, even like uh, Frederick. So it's really good shooters, a lot of really good players. They even have um, a freshman that I like uh, by the name of Keegan Murray. He didn't play a lot in this game. Um, you know, I just saw like the one block that he had and I was like, okay, this kid, you know, I, I like his instincts. He's making the right basketball plays here on a couple plays when he gets in. So I, I like, I like this Iowa team. I think they're really strong. Um, you know, and they're going to be, they're going to be here to stay. I don't think they're gonna, you know, have like a five game losing streak where they fall of the top 25. Like we, like we see often from some of these teams that start off strong. I don't think that's going to happen with Iowa. I think they're going to be near the top for the whole year, essentially. And I think right now they're the best team in the big 10. So yes, I do buy the hype with Iowa and uh, I'm interested to see them play some other marquee games because they do have some coming up. Yeah, I also buy the hype. I, I really like Luka Garza. I, I think he's just an absolute animal. Uh, ben, I know you don't love Luka Garza. Uh, I think you like him as a player, but not, you know, he, he is a challenger to Opie. So I wanted to hear some of your thoughts on, on Garza and the uh, Iowa Hawkeyes. Well, I have no problem with Luka Garza. I mean, he was the second best player in the country last year. Um, <laughs> and this year, he seems like he's the best player in the country. And he's fun to watch. I mean, he's fun to watch. He's a dominant big man. I think Iowa's legit. Uh, I think the only question that they're going to have this year is how well they do in probably the best conference in college basketball, like I've said before, in the Big Ten. I mean, they got, they're got they going to have to play tough games night in and night out against some really, really good teams, some really good players, some really good coaches. Yeah. Um. So, it obviously, like Trevor said, this is really the first decent team that they've played. They haven't really played a whole lot. Their schedule isn't super impressive. But with what they've had, Luca Garza's – I mean, he's playing against bad teams, but he's putting up numbers that you'd expect him to put up against bad teams. So, I mean, I think they're legit. He's legit. They're legit. Um, I, I'm extremely excited to see how they do in the Big Ten again when they have to play. I mean, they're going to have to play really well night in and night out against these really, really talented teams. So um, I'm not going to take a whole lot away from the non-con just because I think they have such a hard schedule coming up that I'm super excited. And I'm looking ahead to the future of what this team has and, and what they're going to do this coming uh, uh, Big Ten schedule. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, and, I, you know, I'm excited to see what 
you know, Iowa will do the rest of the year, especially against Big Ten opponents, you know, you, you the Illinois, the Michigan, Ohio State, Wisconsin, those types of teams. It's going to be really fun to watch them. Let's move on, though, to the NBA. Recently, ESPN released their list of their top 100 players, and, uh, you know, we, we had to discuss that a little bit. So let's let's talk about this a little bit. Um, Trevor, I'm going to start off with you. And one thing you mentioned is that they're saying this for this coming season. They're not saying this is how good they are right now. They're saying that for this coming season, this is where they're going to be ranked, which still isn't, like, overly different, but just to put, you know, kind of people's minds at ease a little bit and understand, uh, you know, what their ranking system is. So, Trevor, what did you think about the top ten that they put out? Yeah, so with the top ten specifically, it was it was very interesting. I, there was one thing that stood out that I think regardless of how you frame it, if you say right now, if you say by the end of the year, Whatever you want to say, it was completely ridiculous, and that was putting Kevin Durant at number six. Uh, I, I don't care if he was out with injury for a year. There's no way you can tell me that, that after this year, Kevin Durant will be the sixth best player. That just seems absolutely insane to me. Um, you know, Last time we saw Kevin Durant, he was arguably the best player uh, in the NBA. When we saw him, obviously, LeBron was injured in the 2018 year when the Lakers didn't make the playoffs. And, you know, Kevin Durant had an awesome season, and then he kind of came out in those playoffs. And against the Clippers, uh, I think he like he averaged like 35 a game. He was shooting like 55, 56% from the field. Like he was putting up some crazy numbers before he got injured in those playoffs. And then obviously I think the attention kind of went to that Raptors team and Kawhi Leonard, you know, as well as he was playing. But Kevin Durant was the best player in the NBA um, you know, if you if you don't really count LeBron, he, he was hurt. So at the time, I was like, Kevin Durant is now the best, um, not Kawhi Leonard. I thought Kevin Durant was better than Kawhi at that point. And then he got hurt. So I, I don't think, I don't know if, you know, the this ESPN panel, how many people it was, you know, who it was that was doing these rankings. But I, I think they might have forgotten about how good Kevin Durant is, how good he was when we last saw him. And I get, like, you can say, oh, well, people coming back from this injury, you know, we've seen in the past that, you know, that's when their decline comes. But I don't think it's going to come with Kevin Durant. I really don't. Um, I, I just – I think he's too good for that to happen yet. He's 32 years old. I think he'll have a phenomenal year. I even think he might have a shot at MVP. Like, I know they have Kyrie there. They have some other good players. But I think Kevin Durant's going to be pretty clearly the best player on this team. And I think the Brooklyn Nets – now, it, that's what it depends on, though. It depends on how good the Brooklyn Nets are in the regular season. But he's going to put up numbers – um, I think he's the second best player in the NBA. So that was the biggest thing that stood out to me in this top 10. Yeah, I 100%, I have two points to make. I 100% agree about that. And that was my first point. KD is way too low on the list. Of the list. I mean, I understand he was out for a little bit, but we, I don't think we should forget how good he was. You know, maybe they think he's going to react differently to his injury. But from what I understand, he'll come back and he'll be fine. He'll be hopefully just the same because I love watching KD play. Then when I sent you guys the top 10 on Twitter, uh, there was something I said. Ben, do you remember what I said? Uh, I, I do. You said LeBron was too low on this list. Yes, LeBron is too low at number one. And that's that's where I'm going to leave my comments on, Ben. We'll throw it over to you. What, what, what were you uh, thinking about this this list? Yeah, so, Brandon, I agree with you. LeBron's too low on this list. He should be um, some number that represents higher than higher than one on this list. I don't know what that would be. Yes. Um, but, I mean, obviously, clearly he's number one. Um, I'll, I'll say this. I'll comment quickly on the KD thing. I, I think that, okay. obviously... The jury's still out on KD, right? Like, I mean, clearly when he left, he was top three player in the NBA. So we expect him to be back. But, we, I mean, we really don't know how he's going to play. He's on a new team. 
Um, he's coming off this really That's bad injury. So I, I, I'm not going to say that I disagree or agree because I really don't know. If I had to, I'd, I'd agree with both of you and say that by the end of this year, I, I think it'll be clear, if I had to guess, that, he'll be, that he's a top five player in the NBA. Right. But we really don't know. I mean, I really don't know. So I, I don't, I'm not going to criticize number six on the list just because, again, I don't really know. My one big takeaway is Anthony Davis is at number two on this list. I don't know if I agree with Anthony Davis being the second best player in the NBA on uh, at this moment, or at least projecting for this year. Obviously, he's amazing. We know that. He was a big reason why the Lakers won the championship, right? But I don't know if I can say that he's the second best player in the NBA. I really don't. I mean, I, I, I do. I, I think, if anybody, I think Giannis is better than, than Anthony Davis. Uh, I think he's proven that. Obviously, again, Anthony Davis is really good. He's extremely valuable to the Lakers. But I have a hard time saying that Anthony Davis is better than Giannis. Um, and, again, this is a projection. So maybe, you know, in a year from now, we'll say I was totally wrong. Giannis played a better season. Who knows? I don't know. Or uh, Anthony Davis, excuse me, played a better season than Giannis. Who knows? I, I don't know. The people that wrote this know more, way more about the NBA than I do. Um, but honestly, that's just my bit. That's my only really big takeaway. I, part of when I first saw this list, I, I said, I don't know if I agree with this list. I feel like we're missing some people. Um, I don't know if I necessarily would put Jokic as a top 10 player because uh, they have him at number 10 on this list. But then I went to another list and I looked at like the top 50 current players. And honestly, there's really nobody outside of the top 10 that you could make an extremely strong argument for being in the top 10. I actually think they probably got this list right regarding players in the top 10. I mean, maybe Trevor, as, as the Miami Heat representative of this podcast, do you think, could you make an argument for Jimmy Butler being a top 10 player? I don't know. Can you? Um, I, I wouldn't put him in the top 10. I would put him right outside. I think, I think they just got the order wrong. Like, I think the 10 guys is right, but I think the order is actually pretty messed up. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they put Kevin Durant at six. They also put quiet five. I think both of those guys are better than Anthony Davis. So yeah. I would put both of them in the top three. Luca being four also is very interesting. Um, I, I, I like, yes, he'll improve and eventually he'll probably be the best player in the NBA, but so soon to be number four i don't know if i agree with that quite yet either and i I agree with you trevor and i think that's where like this whole idea of it being a projection comes in because i think it's pretty clear that they're projecting luke luca being a top five player because of based off the playoff run he had i mean he had a great season it did great in the bubble so i think that's pretty clear that they're at this point they're projecting that by the end of this season maybe he'll be a top five it'll be considered a top five player but again who knows i mean this this season's gonna be weird it's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting so um, I agree with you, Joe Trevor. I think the I think the top ten's right. I just I don't necessarily agree with the order completely. So to end this before we get to the NFL, just just overrated, underrated. That's all I want to hear from both of you. Luca at where was he? Six, four. Was he, six? he was at four. He's at four. Four. Okay, okay. Ben, overrated, underrated. I think it's overrated. Trevor, overrated, underrated. Yeah, I agree. I think it's overrated. I, I would have to agree too. Let's move on to the NFL, um, and we I think we got. Yeah, we'll talk about a game or two here um, that's upcoming. That'll be today as we record this on Sunday. So we have Steelers Bills tonight, um, I believe. Yeah, tonight, uh, which is a obviously a very big game. Eleven one versus nine and three. Uh, ben, who are you picking in this game? I mean, I I can't pick the I can't pick the Pittsburgh Steelers. I can't do it. So I, I'm gonna go with the Buffalo Bills, and I'll even justify it by saying, Brandon, you've been high on the Buffalo Bills. This whole season, you know, I'll, I'll have faith in you. I'll have faith. I haven't. I think I've watched maybe one game of the Bills this year. Josh Allen seems to be having a good year. Um, obviously, their defense is good, so I, I'll take the Buffalo Bills. I just can't pick the Pittsburgh Steelers. I would love nothing more for them to come off their embarrassing loss to a team that doesn't even have a, have a nickname 
with another loss. I think that'd be awesome. I think it'd be great for the NFL. It'd be great for my happiness. So I'll, I'll pick the Buffalo Bills in this game. Look, you can call it bias if you want to call it, but I'm never picking the Steelers to win a game. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. Uh, I'll, I'll choose my morals over picking the, uh, the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers in a football game. Um, but additionally, I actually do think the Bills are going to win. It's at home for the for Buffalo. Um, they, they have a, an incredible lineup, and I, I think they'll take this one. Trevor? Uh, it's. Uh, I feel like the fact that you guys just picked the Bills makes me not want to pick them as much, but like I, I thought they were going to win this game all week. Um, so if, if the Steelers come out and win tonight, all three of us are going to be wrong. Oh, well, um, I'm also picking the bills here. I looked at the weather, um, cause I just want to see the games in Buffalo. I was like, okay, if it's, if, if the weather's bad, that, that might be even more favorable toward the bills potentially. It, it's not, it's, it's like mid thirties. There's, there's no snow, um, you know, but I, I'm still going with the Bills. I think they've been playing really well lately. Uh, you know, coming off of a win over the 49ers. Uh, shortly before that, they beat the Seahawks in a game where they really looked strong. And then they just had that one loss recently to the to the Cardinals. Um, obviously, with that that hail mary from Kyler, so not a bad loss there. And then before that, they haven't lost since the Chiefs game. So. They haven't really had a bad loss since maybe the Titans one, which was a while ago now at this stage. That was back in early October, I believe. Um, so they've been playing really well recently, I think, uh, in their last four games especially. The Steelers, I don't think, have been playing that well recently. They just lost to Washington, who it's not a very good team. I mean, maybe they're playing a little bit better now to end the season, but... Uh, you know, it's not great losing to Washington, no matter how you want to put it. And then the week before, and Brandon, you watched the game. They didn't look good against the Ravens either. Like they barely even got by them. Um, that wasn't impressive. Um, so they've had some games where they haven't looked as good. We've talked about their week schedule before. Yes, the Steelers are still good. I'm not saying they're not good. Uh, but I think in this game, the Bills currently are playing better, and that they will win a close one here tonight. So, you know, as, as we talk about, you know, some other AFC North teams, because the AFC North collectively has played bad teams this year, and I think collectively they are all not quite as good as their records show. So let's go down uh, to the Monday night game, which is a game that I know I'm heavily invested in, Ravens at Browns. Um, and this is going to be it's going to be an interesting game. I want to hear your guys' takes. Trevor, we're going to throw it over to you first. What do you think the uh, – who do you think is going to win? Yeah, so this one is incredibly difficult because – I feel like the Ravens kind of just own the Browns. Like, they just always beat them. Like, I, I, I can't really think of the last time. I mean, I'm sure it happened recently, but... Last year, last the Browns year, okay. demolished the Ravens okay. in Baltimore. Yeah, last year, but I don't know. I guess just maybe it's more of a feeling than an actual, like, statistical evidence uh, in saying that. But I feel like the Ravens do kind of own them. Now, the game is in Cleveland. The Browns, I think, lately have been playing better than the Ravens now, more of that is based on, I think, the Ravens' injury problems. Um, obviously, Lamar Jackson, he, he's coming off of, obviously, he did test positive to COVID. Um, you know, so maybe that's something that, you know, maybe he doesn't play. And, and he hasn't a great year in general, but maybe this game he plays not quite as well as he even had been recently because of that. We saw Cam, when he came off of COVID, didn't play as well and hasn't played as well since. Um, I, I don't know why that is exactly but uh you know it, it did seem to happen with cam and maybe it'll happen with lamar so i don't know i i do think the browns will win just because again like i said with the bills and steelers i think the bills have been playing better than the steelers recently 
And I think the Browns have been playing better than the Ravens recently. I think that with their running game, the game plan that they have, you know, kind of played this whole season with Stefanski, who's been an awesome coach, by the way. He is a case for coach of the year. I mean, just shout out to him. It's it's a huge difference in coaching with this team than last year's team, which really isn't a ton more talented than it was last year. So it's really a testament to his coaching. But I do think the Browns will win, but I'm I'm not confident in it. I will say that. Yeah, so here's the thing about this game. I'm, I'm going to pick the Browns to win it uh, for a magnitude of reasons. Number one, if the Ravens were fully healthy, like they were seven games ago, then I would pick the Ravens. Uh, but, you know, COVID takes an effect on players in different ways. I mean, we saw it with Cam Newton. We've seen it with Ezekiel Elliott. Um, it doesn't seem like Lamar is quite as affected. Uh, just from last game, it seemed like he played pretty well. He had probably one of the most beautiful passes I've ever seen in my entire life to Hollywood Brown in the back left corner of the end zone. It was it was so such a nice pass. Um, and I, I think Lamar's you know I think Lamar's played bad this year, but not nearly as bad as I think people are pushing it on him for. You know the Ravens are still seven and five, and there's there's games to be played, and I I think they'll they'll win a good amount of games because they play such a weak schedule coming up. Um, I, I think the Browns win by 10 points, and I, I just think the Browns are on this nice momentum of playing well. I just read that Austin Hooper might not play, but I don't even think that's that big of a deal. They paid him way too much money anyway, um, so I'm going to pick the Browns by 10. I don't want to do this at all, but you know what? Uh, you know, hopefully I just jinx the whole thing, and then the Browns don't win. That'll make me the most happy. Uh, ben, what, what do you got to say for yourself to wrap up uh, the episode for today? Yeah, so um, this isn't fun for me. I don't like the Ravens or the Browns, okay? I don't. I don't like the Ravens. I don't like the Browns. No, you like the Ravens. I don't a like little. the Steelers. You okay? like the Ravens a little. This isn't fun for me. I don't. I don't like this game. I don't want it to be played. I mean, obviously, I do want it to be played. I, I would hate for it not to be played. But I. I, I don't want to watch it. I'm going to watch it, but it's not going to be fun for me. Um, I think what's going to happen is obviously, Brandon, you just kind of mentioned it. The Ravens are limping into this game, both literally and figuratively, kind of. Um, and it's Monday Night Football. The Browns are going to be excited. They're going to come out and. They're, they're going to be ready to play, all right? So I think they're going to jump out to an early lead. I think they're going to kind of be on fire. I think the Ra- it's going to be the Ravens' job to kind of slow them down, um, put them in check a little bit, and really and really kind of kind of slow the game down and let the Ravens kind of do their thing. I do, or at least maybe I'm hoping it's a close game, um, but I, I got to pick the Browns to win this game. I hate it. I hate it. I will not be rooting for the Browns. I will be rooting not for the Ravens, but I will be rooting against the Browns in this game. Um, it sounds like you're rooting for the Ravens to me. No, nah, no, nah, I'm just rooting against the Browns at this point. I'm, I'm going to take it that way. I'm going to take it that <sighs> All right, way. Though. You do whatever you want. Um, but I, I do think <laughs> I think the Browns will win. And this terrible NFL season that has been no fun for me in, uh, whatsoever will continue. And I'll have to hear more about how the Browns are good, which I really don't think they're terrible. Um, obviously, they're 9-3. They haven't played anybody that, that, that well. They don't, they've only, the only good teams they've played, they've gotten destroyed by. But um, that being said, I do think the, the Cleveland Browns will win this game. Um, unfortunately, it won't be fun for any of us here, but uh, life goes on. A hundred percent. So I think we'll wrap up the episode uh, here for today. So thank you all so much for listening. Uh, if you got into this point, please subscribe to the podcast. Give us a five star review if you liked it. Uh, if you didn't, I'd prefer you didn't give a review, but you know what? That's okay too. Um, you know, go follow the Twitter account at the Small Baller. We post all of our episodes. We'll have a new episode of the Twelfth Row Podcast with Will and Josh coming out on. Thursday, I believe their new episode t- uh, day is Wednesdays now. Their podcast is wonderful. Please go check it out if you haven't yet, because it's it truly is amazing. Um, and yeah, with that being said, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Go Falcons!